May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So today we remember and celebrate Barnabas. Barnabas was not one of the original 12 apostles, but he emerges in the book of Acts as a significant figure, as an evangelist and a leader in the church. We first encounter him in Acts in chapter 4, when he's introduced as a native of Cyprus, who sold his land and brought the proceeds to the church, laying it at the feet of the apostles. In this reference, we discover that Barnabas is actually called Joseph, but the apostles give him the name Barnabas because it means son of encouragement, a reference to his character, which no doubt emerges as they get to know him. He next appears in chapter 9, following the conversion of Paul, Saul, who had been persecuting the church, but then had a dramatic experience and became a Christian. Understandably, after this, many of the church, including the apostles, were fearful of Paul and slow to trust him. But Barnabas brought him to the apostles and spoke for him, encouraging them to trust and accept the reality of Paul's conversion. This trait of seeing the best in people reoccurs in a later chapter when Paul feels let down by a fellow evangelist, John Mark. Barnabas stands by John Mark and wants to give him a chance to redeem himself. Thus, Barnabas is portrayed as a generous, godly and kind man who sees the best in people. As a son of encouragement, he perhaps brings positivity and motivation to those he spends time with. And this is seen in today's passage from Acts 2. So in today's passage, it appears that Barnabas had been serving the church in Jerusalem. But as the gospel and the church spreads, the apostles decide to send him to Antioch, which is in Syria, to help establish the church there and to guide believers. Verses 23 and 24 of today's passage are really telling. As when Barnabas arrives in Antioch, He is not dictatorial or high-handed in any way. Instead, we read, when he came and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast devotion. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were brought to the Lord. Here we get a real insight into Barnabas and a better idea of where his name came from. He encourages the church there. He sees their faith and God's grace in that place and rejoiced. And what a testimony to him that he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Given that Acts is full of Christians who might have been described in this way, I feel that's quite a statement that he stood out. And as a consequence of Barnabas's encouragement and leadership in Antioch, many came to faith. Having spent over a year in Antioch, Barnabas is then sent with financial aid back to the church in Judea, where people are suffering due to a famine. 
There are a couple of key elements of Barnabas's life and character which I'd like to draw out this morning, as we also bring in today's Gospel passage from John 15. The Gospel comes amidst a big chunk of Jesus's teaching in John, and it follows on from his words about Jesus being the vine and us the branches, and the importance of believers abiding in Jesus and staying connected to the vine in order to produce fruit. And we find that fruit mentioned again in today's passage. I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. We quite often focus on the first part of that sentence, how we might bear fruit, rooted and connected to God, who will strengthen us and fill us with his spirit in order that we might share his love in the world by our good deeds. But what struck me was the second part of the verse, fruit that will last. How might our fruit be sustainable? One response would be that if the fruit comes from God, then surely it will last. If our good works come from our being filled with the Holy Spirit, who inspires and encourages us, then we're more likely to stick at it, to continue to produce that fruit. An alternative might be if we feel obliged to do good, just because we feel we ought to, and yet we do it somewhat begrudgingly, those deeds that are good. Or if we do good so that we can look good in front of others and gain human praise for what we're doing. Either of those motivations doesn't seem very sustainable. But if we do good out of a love for God and for people, then we're much more likely to stick at it. Another way our fruit will last is if by our own good works, we encourage others to do good. And so the effect is multiplied. And like an overflowing cup, spills out to those around us. And so, in a sense, the blessing spreads. It seems to me that Barnabas is a great example of producing fruit that will last. He brought positivity and encouragement into a room. He inspired and motivated people, it would seem, by both his words and his actions. And he seems very genuine to have been motivated by his love for God and people. This is demonstrated by his humility and efforts to see the best in people and give them the benefit of the doubt, as with John Mark. Acts suggests that many came to faith through Barnabas's witness, and so the church grew, spreading the fruit and producing long-lasting fruit. Barnabas is also a great example of how well the early church, at many times, brought together the practical, material stuff of life, such as money and worldly goods, with spiritual matters. There wasn't a false separation there between the spiritual and the material. So, for example, in the money collection, which is made for believers suffering because of the famine, and this being dispatched to Judea with Paul and Barnabas, two church leaders. Giving financial aid then was not an aside, not an insignificant matter, nor was it thought that believers should fend for themselves, that merely focus on the spiritual. 
that money was something the church should not concern itself with. Rather, the church made it a priority to share, to look out for believers, look out for one another, ensuring that no one was in need. And the money was taken by the church leaders to those who needed it. At a personal level, Barnabas, when he joined the church, sold his land and gave all the money to the church. So we see at this point that stewardship and generosity were very much built into his understanding of what it meant to be a believer and also built into the daily life of the church. There was no need here for a stewardship campaign or appeals for money as such generosity was as fundamental in the church as prayer and breaking bread together. This is a real challenge for all of us today, I think as it reminds us of the importance of sacrificial giving to the church, whether that is of our time or our gifts or of our money. But so too of our motivation for this. Barnabas did not give up his land begrudgingly. He did not travel to Antioch to serve the church there unwillingly. He did not resent travelling around preaching with Paul. Rather, he was motivated by his faith, by his love for God and people, and so he produced fruit, fruit that lasted. So as we remember Barnabas today, and perhaps we've all learnt something about him, I know I certainly did in preparing for today, I hope that we can all be inspired and encouraged by this son of encouragement that we too may be good people, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Amen.